Hey there, on this 12-12-2021 CDB, that's Eric Deshaun Barrett, and I believe you're connected to this because you're ready for our Sunday meditation, which will begin in just a few moments. You there? I'm here. All here. You here? Other folks is here. I think they. I Good think morning. One or two people. Good morning. Good morning. And how are you this morning? Uh, sort of sleepy. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Just sort of. Just sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting. Yeah. 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 This morning. We having a good morning. I was telling Mama Bell, I said we had a nice walk yesterday. I see I saw the picture on Facebook. Y'all had a good crowd. Yeah, we had close to twenty people out there. Mm hmm. Had a sitting councilwoman out there. Uh, the new director of the new director of the Elizabeth uh, Trail was out there. Mm-hmm. Even ran into the new president ODU out there. My goodness! Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. It was the eleventh yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. New president's a black man. ODU, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's history. Mm-hmm. Yep, he was out there running around. He said, I missed the ODU. I said, you missed the who? Uh-huh. He said, I missed the ODU. Uh-huh. I wanted to say, you know you black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. But, but before I could say it, he had reminded me that, that, that he knew it. I'm glad he did. Yeah. yeah. But he he has a nice vision for the school and uh, what they're trying to do and even looking at some partnerships with Norfolk State. Y'all pray for Norfolk State. They they, 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 they can't find their way. But uh, he would like to work over there with them and some things and stuff and all that good stuff. There's just there's a lot of good things in this good city. And uh, the uh, the thing that was very good about the two and a half seconds that I caught and the other 25 minutes of the conversation that I caught via proxy was that uh, he is looking to, to to have more conversations about, you know, race relations and different things in this area how to better that piece of business because of all the things that is going on with some funny little word out here in these streets you might have heard of it it's maybe still taboo in some neighborhoods uh, it's a little, little piece of business called gentrification and uh, he's looking to help to uh, make sure that uh, 
at least people have a fighting chance, people who are losing their homes, African-American people, all of this stuff. So, so he's not one of them uh, them uh, black folks that, you know, forgot that they black, if that makes any sense. The bourgeoisie, the bourgeoisie. Yeah, he, he ain't one of them. He ain't one of them. Uh, but anyway, we're supposed to have a conversation sometime here in the future. And... Uh, he and I, me and him. I don't know when that's going to happen, but, uh, you know, just like any good news reporter, once I have it, y'all be the first to know about about those those good things. Well, this morning, I don't, I don't, I don't know if the bald-headed creature came up from SpongeBob yet. I called him last night. He didn't answer the phone, so he must be still on his date. And uh, so he may or may not join us this morning. But I heard there was a tornado went on down over in uh, some part of the world, and it is wrecked. Uh, especially Illinois, Missouri, but Kentucky especially. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So we ask that you uh, keep those fine folks right here at Christmas. That is, uh, that is going, re- that, that, well, that tragedy happened, should I say, right here at Christmas. And so we ask for you to, to keep those families in your prayers. And also, uh, on a good note, I, well, I don't know if it's a good note, but uh, there was a piece of business that happened. I don't know if this is more pertaining to you or not, but it is pertaining to the struggle with uh, physical health and not properly being able to uh, deal with our with same. There was a football player, you might have heard of him, used to play for Denver that they found dead this past weekend. Mm. And some of the reports were saying how that it was uh, medically related. He had seizures and various ailments that he had taken care of. And was talking about the importance of us really taking care of our health and um, you know doing more than just popping pills is what, what I'm trying to say getting out there walking and exercising and you know we don't do nothing to get up and sweep the flow every day you'll feel good when company show up and you ain't got to say them famous words. You know the famous words we already we always say every time I come and come. Okay, how clean the house is. Them famous words going to say, well, y'all just come on in my dirty house here. Because, you know. You know. House is immaculate. And it's still dirty. But anyway, you, you get up and sweep the floor, vacuum it, wash your dishes. You know, do something for at least 15 or 30 minutes a day to keep your health up and your exercise good. 
that's the important message that I hope we get out of that piece of business there. Other than that, we got some prayer requests, personal prayer requests. I'm sure that you want to to get out of your system. Some things that uh, uh, you would like to to talk with the Lord about. I can say this publicly: grandmother's brother is still he's still holding on. He's he's uh. I was trying to think of that song that said. Uh, that, that, that he threw out the lifeline. He's still there, you know. He's sinking, but he's still there. So you keep that piece of business in your prayers. But uh, he's he's in a position now where Granny don't have to run ahead off anymore. So so that's a good thing for her. And uh, any other business she can definitely put out there with you if she would like to. And, Brother Dennis is here, and he's all right. All the people have struggles. It's, it's pretty much over now, so they they a good prayer request that we can put up there. But that's all I know. So is anything that you would like to add to, if it's public, if you want to just say pray for me, that's fine. We can definitely do that, or you could. Just take a moment to pray for yourself. I like that three more females and young terrorists have been killed. And let's pray for our community, especially with the violence. You said three more was killed? Yeah. When did this happen? Uh, last night. Hmm. It was mm. on this morning because I was thinking it was the same, but no, this, these are three other ones. Oh, mm. Mm. Well, we'll definitely keep them in your prayer. Anybody else would like to throw the name of something that we may not know out? Your cousin, your aunt, your dog, your cat, your pet rabbit. We even gonna re- we even gonna rebuke the mice in the basement. All all of them, all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Our community, our community. Well, I'm gonna give you a few moments to pray for your personal issues. I know there's some things that that you may not want out there, and that that is definitely understandable. Uh, sometimes humans, you don't need them in your business to probably make things worse than if they you just kept it to yourself. I, I really understand. We'll give you some personal time, and uh, then Brother Dennis will come, and he will uh, kind of do his thing like he did it last week, if that's all right with him. And uh, we will move forward in in our time together this morning. Fastly disappearing, which is always the case, you know. Um, 
got to look forward to the new year. But most importantly, we got to look forward to what's happening here in the few weeks, the, the celebration. Uh, and on that note, maybe um, you know something that's going on in the community, whether it's uh, you know at a church or, or uh, you know that you can invite people or or tell them about or or let them know that you know there are churches that are open and there are churches that preach the gospel. So if you know somebody that would like to go to church, let them know that is available. But you could also let them know that we're here every Sunday and every Wednesday to preach the gospel and to talk about salvation. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's important. You know, I look back over this past uh, couple weeks, you know, crisis in my, my family with uh, COVID and, and other things that were that been going on. And, you know, it, it's, and uh, the, the things that's going on down in uh, Kentucky with the you know, Amazon plant or the warehouse, the candle factory, all those people. You know, that just, that to me, that just solidifies the idea that uh, we've got to be ready. We've got to be ready. We never know when, when uh, our time will come, when, uh, when God will call us back. Whatever the However, the, the means that he uses uh, to do that, whether it be an individual thing or whether it be a, a corporate thing with a, a tornado or car, whatever, uh, you know, we have to be ready. We have to be ready. And that's why every week I come to you with verses. Try to encourage you and, and try to let you know that, that God is in control, that the Holy Spirit has touched us and that we should be ready. And, and this week is no different. I come to you with the verse of Titus. Okay. Um, I wait till my, my, my great eyes kind of take a, a minute or two to readjust. But, uh, anyway, Titus 3, uh, verse 4 to 7. And, and, and you know, just listen to what, you know, what, what the author tells us. And if you agree with that, you know, I, I definitely agree with what he says. So uh, let's, let's just read it and and just uh, you know, take it to your heart, take it to your soul, okay? But when the kind the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he he saved us not not because of righteous things that we have done but because of his holy uh, not because of righteous things that we have done but because of his mercy he sends us uh, through the washing of uh, of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit when, when he pour out by us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So, so that's having been justified by His grace, we might become His heirs, having the a hope of eternal life. Wow. You know, I, I kind of butchered that a little bit. Uh, I hope you all write that down to go back and read it. That's uh 
Yeah, I'm sorry about that. My, uh, it's just it's a thing that I'm learning to live with. And some days it's good, and some days it's even harder. And sometimes I think I uh, over, over over try to overcompensate. That don't always work. Titus three, verse four through seven. Basically, you know, he said, "Hey, look, the kindness of God, the kindness of God, right? The Savior appeared." The Savior appeared. Jesus came to us. When? Because of his birth. The birth that we're going to celebrate the end of this month. You know, what he went through and what he did, you know, for us. You know, it's nothing that we, that we did. You know, you can, you can, you can, uh, you can do everything you think you can need to do to accept, you know, to, to be welcomed into heaven. But, you know, Jesus did did it for us. He died for our sins. You know, we just have to recognize that. We just have to thank you for that. And we just have to thank you for the grace that he provides for us. You know, every day, every day, you know, he's there for us. Every day he watches out for us. But most of all, you know, he, he gives us, you know, we're, we're the heirs. You know, you're in his will, in case you didn't know that. You're in God's will. God's will says you can have eternal life. All you have to do is to believe that Jesus died for you. He took his sins upon himself. Wow, isn't that great? You know, you don't have to do it. You know, you don't have to have a, 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 you know, a rich uncle or a rich aunt that's going to give you money. You know, God gives you something that's a hundred thousand percent better than than than, uh, than treasures on earth. He gives you eternal life. He gives you salvation. And he gives you his love. And sometimes we forget that. We have to remember that. We have to always be ready. We have to be on our toes. You know, we have to thank God. You know, I know in my daily walk, I'm not always 100% when I should be. And if I tell you that I am, then I'm telling you a story. Because we all stumble. We all fall. Some days it's harder than others. But you know, God will always be there to lift us up and to wrap his arms around us and tell him to tell us how much he loves us. And, and that's, that's, that's unbelievable to me. It's unbelievable. He would love me more than I could ever imagine. And that's a great thing. You know, he had what his son went through. And uh, you know, it, 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 sometimes it's, it's just hard for me to understand. And it, it always will be until... I feel I'm reunited with him in, in heaven. Uh, there's a lot of things going on, like I said, in the in the country, in the world, in our neighborhood, in our families. You know, uh, Eric talked about the, the football player that had problems in his medication, whatever caused him to do whatever happened to happen. You know, we don't know that. We probably never will know what truly went on. But, you know, it is important that we take care of ourselves. But most of all, not only physically, but spiritually. You know, if you take that, you know, I, I take medicine every night before I go to bed to, to help keep uh, the bad the bad things away. But you know, every morning when I get up, I need to take the medicine of God into my soul again and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for another day. You know, sometimes we forget that. We have to remember who created us and why he created us. So when you want to feel down in that doubt and you're like, oh man, nobody understands me. Uh, yeah, 
I can I can relate to that. I've been there myself. But now I know that God understands me. And he'll always he'll always love me. He'll always take care of me. And and, and provide for me. It may not be you know, what we expect, but it's there. The grace of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Amen and amen. You know, God is great. So amen. think about that as, as as we come into this season. Think about how you can direct people, maybe influence people, but most of all, uh, let people know that they are loved. My, my, my stepdad had cards printed out that says, you are loved. That's all it says. And he would, he would give them out. People would look at him and say, what do you mean? You don't know me. How can you love me? And he says, yeah, but God knows you. And God loves you. Sometimes he got a good reaction and sometimes you could imagine. But anyway, you know, he never gave up that hope. He never gave up telling people about who God was, how much God loved him. And sometimes we need to do that. And most important, we can do that to ourselves. We have to remember how much God loves us as individuals. You know, he created us to have fellowship with him. Sometimes we forget how to have fellowship with God. And my prayer is that we don't forget and that we will remember how to and how to share it with other people. And, and now I'm going to take a few minutes. I'm going to pray. Then we're going to pray for just the things that have been going on. And, uh, you know, as, as I'm praying, if there's something in your, on your mind and in your heart that you need to, to confess to God, go ahead and do it. You know, it's amazing. He can hear He can hear me pray. He can hear you pray. And he can hear, you know, Jimmy down the street praying all at the same time. Times just like that. He can handle anything. Okay? Right, let's pray. Father God, we just thank you, thank you, thank you for what you've done for us, how you protect us and guide us. How you give us how you give us a Bible so we can use it. So we can learn more about you. So we can study who you are and what you are, what you have done, uh, what you've done for the people in the past and what you will do for us in the future. It's all in there. We just have to read it and we just have to take it and, and put it into our hearts and meditate on Meditate on the Word of God. Lord, I know that there are a lot of things going on, the tornado damage and people dying. And, uh, my, my prayer is that there's people that got killed. My prayer is that they, uh, they knew who you are and, and they understand that, you know, there's a reason. And that the people that get up, God, they'll be comforted. They'll be comforted by the Word of God and comforted by the friends and family. Lord, it's always tragic when somebody, something happens like that unexpected. And it's not easy to overcome, I understand. But with you guiding us and guiding them, we can, they can make it through and they come out on the other side. Lord, we just ask you to continue to be with them, be with our country, be with the, the president, the Congress, and, you know, and everybody that's involved in, in making decisions that affect us, not not just this week, but in years to come. Let them make the right decisions. Let them appoint the right people to the right places for it. Let them talk to you before they make that decision so that we know that their decisions were, were guided, guided by your, your thoughts and, and in your will. Lord, we just ask you to be with our local 
volunteers and council people and everybody that we come in contact. Even, you know, I, I pray for ministers uh, this time of year that, that they don't, they, they get the right message. You know, they can talk about Jesus being born, but the main thing is what? The salvation that he came to give us. You know, how he became that uh, flesh, how he became man, he gave up the throne room of God to come and walk, walk with us. You know, I can't, God with us, boy, that is, that is hard to, you know, it's hard to understand it, it's hard to figure out, it's hard to really kind of, you know, just put it all into perspective, but, you know, the Bible tells us that's what happened, and, and we have to understand that it's been true, and, and I know in my life, uh, you know, I just, I just accept, accept what the Bible tells us, and I just want to thank you, I thank you for, you know, that we could use Christmas as a tool to, to be evangelistic, to talk to people, to let them know that, you know, baby Jesus, baby Jesus loves you, you know, and baby Jesus will go on and die for you, and he'll take your sins with him, and that you can have eternal life. Lord, we just thank you, thank you, thank you for that. We just, again, we just list up everything that, that may be troubling us, that's on our hearts and on our minds, and, and we just ask that you uh, just give us the strength to face it, don't let it be a distraction from you. Sometimes we let it happen that way. Sometimes we, woe is me, is, is, is more than, than, than we want to give you. But we know we have to give it all to you. Turn it over to you. Take a deep breath and let you give us the peace that we need, not only externally, but internally. Lord, we just, we just love you. We just praise you. And we just want to glorify you. Lord, we want to thank you. We want to thank you and, and just ask for guidance, not only this time of year, but every year, every time, every day as we go, as we prepare to celebrate the, the birth of your son. Yeah, it's not about you know, the gifts, but it's about the love, the love that you showed us because of that Jesus being born. And I just thank you for that. Again, thank you. Be with Eric as he brings a message, Lord. Uh, just be with everyone on this line. Everybody has something going on in their lives, and you know what it is. And we just know that you can, you can handle it. You can handle it. And we thank you. And we just love you, God. God, we love you. We love you. Amen and amen. God bless. Amen. that boring. No, I was keeping myself warm. What did oh. you I, I didn't know where you wanted me and I didn't want to come out until uh, you were ready. Oh. 
Well, I know what the dog wants. He wants to be knowing. Bless his heart. We're going to put you right up in here in a few minutes. Brother Dennis did a beautiful job, by the way. I was joking, saying he was boring. Oh, no, I, I was listening. That won't, you didn't say it. I did it. You go to sleep on anybody. That's all right. Do how boring you are. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what old people do. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's what happens when you get 29. You just start going to sleep on people. Right. Uh-huh. Get all pretty, come to church, just go to sleep. Right. Yeah. At least you were there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Your body was on the way your brain is. Yeah. Well, this morning, we like I said, we appreciate Brother Dennis for his wonderful, his wonderful thoughts and his uh, beautiful, uh, you know, he takes us sometimes through the Bible and verses that you go, oh, yeah, that's there. And so we appreciate him for that. Good morning to everybody that's, as we say, in the back of the room. You know, even in church, you go there, you got the folk in the front, and then you got the one in the back. Sometimes the ones in the back is quiet unless you got Sister Ernestine. Sister Ernestine used to go to First Baptist Church, Butte Street. I don't know if, bless her heart, as, as y'all, some folk I know would say, I don't know if she's living or dead at this moment. Sister Ernestine to get back there and just get all happy and excited and uh, all that's good stuff. But as Brother Dennis was uh, playing or uh, uh, praying and, and speaking this morning, I I thought about something and I I said, what can I do to not mess up Mama Bell? I ain't want to give her nothing she knew because I didn't want to mess her up. But I do wanted to put something in your ears as she begins to play. Again, I thank you for being with us this morning. I have to say that again. It's mighty early, and you know some folks believe this is the devil's hour. So I appreciate you getting up with the with the rising of the sun and, and rebuking the devil asleep and joining in with us. But as Mama Bell comes to tick of the ivories, I would like for you to consider the strength of heaven. Or should I say strength from heaven? Whence do our mournful thoughts arise? Where our courage fled? Has restless sin and raging hell struck all our comforts dead? Have we forgot the almighty name that formed the earth and sea? And can all creating arm glow weary or decay? Treasures of everlasting might in our Jehovah dwell. He gives the conquest to the weak and treads their foes to hell. Mere mortal power shall fade and die and youthful vigor cease. But we that wait upon the Lord shall feel our strength increase. 
The saints shall mount on eagles' wings and taste the promised bliss till their wearied feet arrive where perfect pleasure is. Mama Bell. The Gospel according to Luke, chapter number one, verses five, ten, and we're going to do eighteen, nineteen, and twenty. We do again appreciate Mama Bell for that wonderful rendition of Silent Night. Isn't that what I heard? While shepherds watch their flock and O'Connor, all you say, Madeline. Oh, I didn't hear Silent Night? Yeah, that was the last one. Oh, I about to say, I know I heard it. See, you're going to make me feel bad. I could have sworn I heard it. (laughs) You did hear it. You heard it. You heard it. 
all right, all right. It's, it, 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 was, it was perfect that you, you, you used Silent Night. And you'll hear about that. And I'm going to tell you when we get to it why it's perfect. Chapter 1 of Luke, verse 5. In the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah. His wife was from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both were righteous in God's sight, living without blame according to all the commands and requirements of the Lord. But they had no children because Elizabeth could not conceive, and both of them were well along in years. Verse 10 at the hour of incense, the whole assembly of the people were praying outside, verse 11, and an angel of the Lord appeared to him, Zechariah, standing at the right of the altar of incense, verse 12. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified and overcome with fear, 13. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayers have been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, will bear you a son. That's very significant there. Will bear you a son. And you will name him John. Verse 18. How can I know this? Zechariah asked the angel. For I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. Notice he didn't say she was old. He said, I'm old, but she up there. The angel Gabriel, or the angel answered him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. Now, this is where Silent Night makes sense, Mama Bell. You ready? Ready. Now, listen, you will become silent. Mm, 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 mm. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And unable to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. Now listen, you will become silent and unable to speak. I want to talk to you for a minute, if I can, if you don't mind, just for a brief minute. I want to talk from the subject, shut your mouth. I ain't say be silent, I say shut your mouth. (laughs) Kind Father, we thank you for this opportunity to share. We thank you for this opportunity to once again gather as a community of faith and hear the case that you have set before us. We ask that without shadow of doubt that you will allow us to hear. Let us be hearers of thy word. And more importantly, once we have heard, we ask that we become doers. Let us become change agents activating our faith, putting action to our herd, our hearing. 
that we will, your spiritual jurors, without shadow of a doubt, know the case that has been presented to us. And all those in agreement with that prayer respond with a howdy. Amen. Amen. There's a lot of things to unpack in this text. For those of you who are asking, why would I dare in Christmas go and talk about John? The first thing is, is in chapter, is in the book of Luke. It's in the first two chapters, and you cannot talk about Jesus without talking about John. The two are almost intertwined. Not to get off subject and dabble into another conversation that we may have down the road or may not, depending upon what the calendar allows us. But if you recall, Mary and Elizabeth got together and the babies had a little powwow. They were significant, these two. John was to prepare the way. He is the forerunner. He is to make sure that everybody knew of the coming. Not only that, but if you ask yourself a question, Jesus' interest into the ministry, he does not get his start until he is in the river with somebody. I'll give you one guess. Do you know who he is? John. So John is very significant to not only the Christmas story, he's very significant to the Christian story. But now that I've explained myself, acknowledging at least in my head, as to why I decided to add him into this piece of business known as Christmas, I would like to unpack one or two details that struck me when I was reading this text that we have heard in our hearing. First of all, you find yourself, at least I did, in a very familiar place. Once again, we are meeting the struggle of society. We're meeting the struggle of appearances. There was a show I used to watch back in the day on PBS it was with Patricia, I want to say her name is Patricia Roundtree or something of that nature. My PBS friends may uh, know who I'm referring to. She was the bucket woman, or as she liked to call it, bouquet. And she was always trying to find a way to keep up appearances. And if you remember that show that used to come on PBS, you would know the hardship it took to try to keep up appearances, to make sure that you were always in good standing, was always above the crowd, was always the talk of the town. And in some cases, well, this should I say in all cases, Mrs. Bouquet, a.k.a. Bucket, made sure that she was 
always a part of the conversation, and most time in a negative situation. If you don't know what I'm referring to, I invite you to please uh, consult your nearest device that allows you YouTube and type in keeping up appearances and just watch one or two episodes. It, it should clear your mind. One of my favorites. God bless us all. And I mention that because if you use that, it will help you understand the significance of how hard it is to try to maintain social prowess. You read in our text, and, and the Bible, you, there's a, a part of the Bible that is theologically put there, and I say that because uh, to some degrees, there are some words and some texts and some phrases and ideas that we have that are not necessarily biblical. But it was put there by a theologian who decided that it should be there, that, that the writers made a mistake and, 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 and omitted this, this, this detail. Thank you for letting me blunder. One of those things that is there but not there and in some minds should be there, and in some cases is there, it's very complicated, just roll with it, is that if the Bible had everything in it, it would not, we couldn't contain it. Would, you couldn't have a library big enough to hold all the books and the pages and the manuscripts and, and the different texts and contexts that's needed to make the Bible make sense. You couldn't, you, there is just no way to do that. So anytime you see the scriptures and you read it, every line, every word, every syllable is significant. You hear of this gentleman named Zachariah who is of a very distinguished division. You say, how do I know it's distinguished? Well, because... If you look in the Bible, any time something was not important, they did not name it. Any time somebody is named, that means they are important. Now, I know you look at that big word right there and you go, the devil is a lie, I ain't going to try it. I am in your company. But then you get down to Elizabeth, who has been described as being of the house of Aaron. Now, I'm sure you know who Aaron is. Aaron is very important, which means that Elizabeth, because of her lineage, cannot afford to mess up. She cannot afford to have problems. Oh, I know what that feels like. I invite you to... Just journey with me back to my childhood. Oh, back in the early 90s. Oh, it was hard to be EDB. See, all the folk dead now is a little easy. But back yonder, it was hard. Grandmother was at the top of her game in the Pentecostal church. And then I had a her, uh, I don't know how you distinguish this, a little bit of business, I don't want to go into that, but 
Then you had Elder Josephine Williams. They was at the top of the – all these fine folks at the top of their game in the Pentecostals. Then I had a great-grandmother that was at the top of their game in the Presbyterians. T.W. was at the top of his game in the Baptists. I couldn't go anywhere without somebody going, you one of them boys. You that, 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 your, your mama, that, you, you, you Satan's boy. You, you, uh, you, you, you Welch's boy. And you was expected to live up to the standards that these people were held to. There were some days my grandmother, I would tell her all the time she would come in, and I'm not saying that she was bad for her messages, but grandmother would, would preach these wonderful messages of how we should live right and all that good stuff. It was beautiful messages. I mean, she was preaching to a bunch of sinners, so it's all right. But it's hard for a 14-year-old boy who's starting to have male problems to have to live up to standards when he's a 14-year-old boy having male problems. Society says, the young man cannot look at girls. Well, why not? I got problems. I am a boy, and everything works. And the people, Mother Mama Bell would think I had an attitude problem growing up in church because I would roll my eyes. I wasn't rolling my eyes because I was attitude. I rolled my eyes because the girls were walking past me half naked, and I knew if I did something, it'd be trouble. So the best thing I knew how to do was throw my head in the air and roll my eyes. Mm-hmm. That was the only way I could stay out of trouble. One girl came past me, and she had on the halter top, and the and I don't know why they came, I don't know why they let these girls come to church this way. And that dress was so short, I looked down, and I said, "Oh glory!" And I got in trouble. Why am I saying all this? Because I understand what this woman had to deal with. Just like Hannah, who we talked about a couple of days ago, a month ago, or some time ago, I don't remember now. When the women and the, the townspeople are looking down on you because you are a Welch, which means that you're supposed to have a top business, or you are a Satan, which means that you're supposed to be a dynamic preacher, or you are a Barrett, which means you're supposed to be an engineer. All of these different concepts that folks try to put on you based upon what society has already deemed that you are. How many of our friends have never been allowed to find themselves because they've always been locked in somebody else's world. You got big shoes to fill there, boy. What do you mean I got big shoes to fill? You got to walk behind your daddy. You know how small he is? It, it made me interesting one time, made me feel some type of way, should I say, when I was in First Baptist Norfolk, Butte Street, not Norfolk, Butte Street. And someone came up to me, I almost said a name. And she came up and she said, you got a lot to live up to. And I just looked at her 
You got to live up to the name of Thomas Welch. And Thomas Welch stood there whole four foot eleven. And I was a big old linebacking five foot three. And I looked down and I looked up and I said, what you mean I got to live up? As far as I'm concerned, now maybe I was crazy. Please forgive me. I was young then. But as far as I'm concerned, he already he down there. Shouldn't I be looking down? It didn't hit me. But then again, I'm glad it didn't. Because what she was trying to do was trying to say, this is the person that you should imitate. This is the person that you should be after. This is the standard that you should have. No. How many children? Have we lost because they couldn't live up to their family's name? Hey, you want to know something else funny? I found this out too. Half of the people that we trying to live up to didn't even live up to the name that they came for. I'm going to get on with this. I just wanted to stop here for a little bit because it had to be hard. She had done everything right, Elizabeth and Zachariah had. They'd followed the law. They'd held the commandments. But they had this one piece of business that was holding them down. They'd come to church and they had did everything they were supposed to do as sanctified, Holy Ghost-filled people. But they were still living in the projects. They were still on food stamps. They were still getting in the car and going from food bank to food bank, trying to make sure they had enough in the house to see all this goodness I've done, all this greatness I've done, all these laws and commandments. I ain't smoked, I ain't chewed, I ain't hung out with nobody that knew. I stayed with this no good man 40-some years, and Lord bless his heart, I don't know how I did it, and I ain't killing one. None did I even try. He threw his dirty drawers on the floor, and I picked them up and didn't say a mumbling word. I wish you'd find a woman who could pick his drawers up and won't say a mumbling word. I know some grandmamas that would pick your drawers up and still start. And all of this, she still had a problem. Zachariah had prayed and prayed and prayed, and he had prayed and he had prayed. You know why? Because any man worth his salt, any man worth his salt wants one thing in life, someone to carry his name. They want a child. You find me a man that doesn't want to play baseball with a little boy that doesn't want to go on daddy-daughter dates with a girl. You find me a man that don't want a reason to go down to the gun range. That's what some of our men live for. What you down here practicing for? Well, I'm a, it's deer season. I'm going to catch me some, some pelicans, uh, some, some, some turkeys, Oh, by the way, I'm practicing for that, that boy that that girl bring home, make sure I can get it right between the beat little eyes. 
And they do it with pride. They look forward to intimidating the guy, making him feel scared because that's their baby. That's my baby. My little girl. That's my boy. Brings pride to them. And Zachariah was stripped of the one piece of business that made a man what it is. I have had a problem. If I can hang out on Zachariah for a few moments. I've had a problem with modern culture. I didn't come here to beat it up. I come here to tell you that I have a problem, not a problem from a negative perspective. I'm confused. That's the word I should use. I'm confused because I don't understand what a man is to do anymore. That's one of the reasons why we, uh, my buddy and I, uh, during the week have kind of uh, transitioned ourselves, not necessarily out of sports, but into manhood, which is, in my case, or my belief, should I say, a subsidiary of sports, or sports a subsidiary of manhood, tomato, tomato. Because the one thing that I have found when you look at folks who are watching sports, mostly men, about 97% of all human creatures are males who watch sports. Only 3% get into it like that. The other 97% of females who watch it, watch it because their fathers did it or their husbands are doing it or they just find it a good way to get boys. They, they got a reason, but the guys that watch it are invested. A Dallas Cowboy fan will shoot you right now. You dare look him in his face and tell him that a Washington football team, a team with no name is going to beat them today. Oh, I keep my mouth shut and locked in my basement now because I opened my mouth, Mama Bell, and told somebody that they might get the job done. And you, I almost got my head cut off. I heard them words you said to me, too. You in church, you being nice. Saying nothing. Uh-huh. But me and live and die by their sports. And one of the reasons that I've learned based upon a psychologist who did a study who had a funny name, I'm not going to go and butcher it, please forgive me. But he said, you know, men live and die by sports because it's the only thing in the world that makes sense to them now. That is why the average guy, when this same psychologist did a study, Back when Colin Kaepernick was uh, having his conversations, and then LeBron James started some some conversations, and and sports became more politicized. He did a study, and he had a, a whole plethora of people, very diverse. And I'm not talking about diverse in colors either. I'm talking about diverse in thinking. Sometimes folks think they're diverse because they got 14 different colors. You ain't got 14 different colors, so does Crayola. It's the same thing. 
Diversity is not in colors and mindsets. But I digress. This psychologist pulled out this report with different people from different backgrounds, and the constant from all of those things is now the one thing I had that made sense and didn't change and could be my escape has become publicized or polluted. The one thing that I had, I didn't have to run from, I could run to, is now polluted. I got nothing left, these guys said. The way I'm supposed to live as a man at home is ripped up. And I'm not a feminist or anti, should I say. I don't believe that all women should be flat-footed, barebacked in the kitchen making biscuits. Well, you look at somebody like a Zachariah and you go, if you strip me of the one thing that I have, some things men are just wired to do. And when that's stripped, what do they have left? Let me get back to Zachariah because I don't want to go off on that tangent too much. This one thing he had, he wanted. And then, after waiting so long, you know the thing that cooks my crawl too? And I don't want to say this being mean or obnoxious or something, but it did bother me. I was 24 years old, Mama Bell. And I went to a preacher over on uh, Wilson Road, almost to the Chesapeake line, little white church over there. And I, I asked him, I said, I would like to come in and I would like to walk with you and talk with you. I would like to carry your briefcase. I would like to learn about uh, the structure of the church. I, I had known the history of other churches, but but this particular denomination I, I was not too familiar with, and since I had been a part of it for some time, I would like to learn about it. And you seem to be the guy that can help me. And I would just like to, if it's all right with you, ride around with you, just carry your briefcase, bring in your coffee. I don't need a paycheck. I just want to do it. And we sat there in the back of his church, and he wrote on a piece of paper, Mama Bell, I'll never forget it. He said, you know, maybe you should go away and come back. And he wrote a number, and I looked down on that paper, and he had added up some figures. And he came at the perfect time for me to start preaching. Mama Bell was 71 years old. And I looked up at that man and said one or two hallelujah bless God's in my head. What am I supposed to do at 71 years old? You want me to go out and pioneer a church 
and start trying to save souls in this neighborhood at 71 years old? You want me to try to start ducking bullets at 71 years old? I have to wonder if that's what Zachariah was thinking. What do you think me do? I'm old now, man. You expect me to take a child now? My social security just kicked in. It's only three folks of what I learned. It's time for me to sit down and rock. I only got three glasses in the house and one of them for my dentures. And you want me to go put a child in here? Where I put my teeth? I know that the old, my, my senior friends don't want to have this discussion. But if you peel back the onion and get to the allergic and do section where it makes you really cry, you know if God came and told any of y'all that you're going to have a son at this stage in your life, I understand you're whole insane, but y'all definitely start, y'all, somebody going to take up cuss. But then the second point that bugged me, I prayed when I was young. I prayed when I was running around watching all of my friends at baseball camp. I prayed when everybody was going to the daddy-daughter dances. And I was sitting at home alone. I prayed, and you waited till we all got old. And now you want to show up? Sometimes you ask yourself. Sometimes you wonder, why you do this to me? And then... He comes in and he says, you know what? This is why I know this was for Zechariah. He says, I will give you a son. I'm going to handle what you wanted. I'm going to make your name. I'm going to give you a son. Because God needs you. Now, I don't want to start a debate or a conversation because I know where we come from, and it's very hard because we are a society of people who just sits down and, and we just say that's what God won't, we don't care. The old saying was God said it, I'm, I, that settles and I'm done with it, all that good stuff that was been said. But it still begs the question, what went through this young man's mind? I can tell you what went through his mind because the Bible tells us. He asked all these questions until the angel got tired. He said, listen here. Your blood pressure is going sky high. It ain't like you're going to be like Mary. Well, you got to go and answer to how you got pregnant and your husband was over there working. 
It ain't like he's going to be like Joseph. He got to find out that he got a baby that he had to do it. I gave you the opportunity to go into the room with Elizabeth and participate in coitus. One more good time of old-fashioned coitus, which will produce you a baby. That's the first thing on to make you happy, brother. But since you're going to have a problem, this is what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to put a muzzle on you. That's where I believe that they got the text, be still and know I'm that I am God. Mm-hmm. Got to shut you up. Because you can talk yourself out of your own destiny. You can fuss yourself out of your own promise. I found that people wanted to do things for me. Came in the house. You ever had somebody come in the house with what you cussing about in their hand? They were coming in to bless you, and you they, the first thing they heard is you cussing. They just walk right back out the door, and then they'll call you two days later. I was coming to do it, but your response is, but I've been waiting 16 years, so why I expect you to do it today? That's why he had to put a muzzle. Sometimes the blessing is right there in the end zone, and because we can't wait the extra five yards, we get tied right there at the line, and we go and we quit. He said, you're going to have to wait. You have to be quiet. You have to sit, and you're going to have to watch with your mouth shut. And see that everything I promised you, you will have. I would love to sit here and act all sanctified and spiritual and say, I don't want my mouth shut. But the reality of it is, this is a very therapeutic moment for me. And tomorrow it may hitch again because the devil go to and fro. You know, church is basically like crack. If you're not careful, you come in and get high for 15 minutes, and then by the time you get to the parking lot, it's going to wear down. I believe that's why in the great prayer of Jesus it said, give us this day our daily fix. Because just like drugs, if, if you can't have one hit and expect it to last. No, you got you to gotta keep hitting it. The same thing with spiritual enhancement. You got to keep hitting the pipe. Give us this day our daily fix. And Zechariah had to sit quietly and wait and believe, and learn to believe that God hears, God knows. 
Be not dismayed. Whatever be tied, God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide. God will take care of you. God will take care of you through every day all along the way. He will take care of you. God will take care of you. I know you're sitting somewhere and you might not uh, have a moment because we're not in physical church, but if you can, turn the pot off for just a few moments. I'm sorry, your grits was almost done. Head bowed, eyes closed. Grandmother's going to pray with us in a minute. But I would like for you to close your eyes and think. See your blessings. Sometimes if you're like me, it'll make you angry because you can see your Canaan. You can see your promised land. You can see the business. You can see the book. You can see the school. You can see the job. You can see the resources. There's a big old sea out there that you can't seemingly cross. Some of our dreams and our visions and our purposes and our mission statements and goals and objectives are locked behind the biggest wall of impossibility. It's hard to realize, even though Zachariah was in a very prominent position, even though his wife was of a very highfalutin family. Nine times out of ten, these fine people almost wanted for nothing, at least according to social standings. Sometimes it's hard to see that you're not broke when you're trying to chase a dollar. You can discredit your for show money trying to get more money, which will mess up and make you throw away all your money. Don't let your for show money be discredited by more money. Because you'll risk your for show money on more money and end up with no money. Then the second piece of business that I believe our text, Brother Zachariah, showed us is you can't sacrifice the eternal on the altar of the immediate. 
Right now, I live a horrid life, at least by my standards. But do I really? Or is just this just another rung in the process? Am I really horrible? Or am I just at the 50 trying to get in the end zone? If you look at life like you look at a ball game, you realize that it's a process. And if you keep moving, eventually you'll make a touchdown. Would you think about those dreams that you have, those things that you're telling yourself now, even though you're old? Mama Bell will testify. She's a young lady, still can play the piano, don't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter your afflictions. Brother Dennis gets up every week and preaches the gospel. Doesn't matter how much you have limitations. Your limitations don't matter. Your afflictions are pointless to the ultimate plan. All that stuff you just told yourself you can't do. Maybe physically you can't do it, but maybe there's somebody out there that can be your hands, that can be your eyes, that can be your feet, that can even be your mouth. Would you breathe life into those dreams again? Would you get off that phone cussing and fussing about what is happening and going wrong? Would you turn that news off listening to everybody's going wrong? It takes some time to focus. I'm going to do this before I die. I sure am. I got all these ideas in my head. I'm going to get me a piece of paper, and I'm going to sit down to this desk, and I'm going to write them all down, and I'm going to get them published. <clears throat> These stories, these memories, I'm going to go through these photos and I'm going to make me a nice album and I'm going to put it together before I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it because it's in me. It's my passion. It's my gift. I pray that you see those things today and realize that just like Zechariah, God is saying, be silent. And go do it. Don't ask me how. Just go do it. Don't ask me what. Just go do it. Don't tell me what's wrong with you. Don't you think I know? I ain't stupid. I know you're blind. I know you're crippled. At least they said you're crippled. But what is blind and crippled? Fanny Crosby wrote 9,000 songs blind. What is blind and crippled? Eyes have not seen, nor ears heard. Well, there goes the blind. You don't need your eyes because you can't see no way. The things that God has prepared for us. What do you think about those things as grandmother comes 
and praise for us. I'm going to give you some time to process. I Don't do no church prayer. And I say this being nice. Please, please understand why I say this. If you're going to do a church prayer, ain't no good. God bless the Father. Amen. Hallelujah. Bless God. Hand on my head on the side of my heart. That don't mean nothing. Because at the end of the day, I want to be somebody. I need this God to work for me. So would you really pull those ideas out of your head and believe them? As my dear granny comes to pray. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathens, and I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Most gracious and all-wise Father, help us to always remember that you are with us. Help us to remember that you works all things in your time. Help us to remember our time is not your time. But God, your time is the right time. And we can trust you and believe that you're going to work it all out in your time. And we thank you for that this morning. We thank you, O oh God, that we can put our trust in you. You said trust in the Lord and lean not to our own understanding. But in all ways, acknowledge you, and you will direct our path. The gracious Father, help us to remember that you hear every prayer. You knows when you're going to answer it. You knows all about it. Help us to believe and to trust you. Help us not to worry, not to fret, not to fear, because, God, you are with us, that you will work every situation out. Help us to praise you in the midst of our waiting. As we wait, God, help us to wait trusting you. Wait knowing that you're going to work it out. Wait knowing that you love us and you care about us. You know what's best for us. Help us, oh God, to trust you. You said trust in the Lord and do good. So in the midst of our trusting you, help us to do good. Help us to praise you and to magnify your holy and righteous name. Help us to be that shining light in our waiting, not murmuring, nor complaining, nor finding fault, but knowing that you love us. Help us to always remember how much you love us. God, we can't even comprehend how great you are to us, but we want to tell you today, thank you. Thank you, merciful Father, for being there for us. Thank you for working it all out. Because you knows what we need. God, sometimes we ask for things that we really don't need. But you knows what's best for us. And we said thank you. We just want to praise you and magnify your name this morning, God. And God, in the midst of whatever we're going through, help us to remember that you are right there with us. You say in the very time, you are very help. You are present in every situation. You knows about what we are seeing, what we're going through, and how we are. But, God, I ask for strength this morning. That added strength, that strength that we can go for, that patience that we can wait on you. 
that love that we know that you love us so much that nothing is impossible with you. And God, we just want to thank you. We thank you this morning, God. Thank you, O merciful Father, because you know best. And we just say thank you. Our time is not your time. But God, your time is the right time. And help us to trust you. Help us to believe. Help us to believe your word as we read your word, God. Help us to read it and understand it, God. Open up our understanding, God. We need you, God. We need your help. We need your mercy, God. You know our strength is weak, but God, yours is strong. And we ask him for your strong strength this morning, that we might face whatever we have to face, that we can face it with joy, knowing that you're in it with us. We just thank you this morning. We thank you, God. We praise you and we magnify your name. And God, we give your name all the honor, all the glory, all the praises. Everything goes to you. And we say thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Have a great day, a wonderful day. God bless you. Hallelujah.